I'm Joshua Potts, Mr. Potts Bull, always with the brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, super hot Potts. I mean, your favorite two black runners coming at you every single two black Tuesday. Yes, sir. We back. It's a Tuesday somewhere, most definitely. You may not be listening to this on Tuesday. It may be your first time listening to Two Black Runners podcast. Where we're gonna give you the energy that we give every single week to every single guest, because that's what we do. Like we're sponsored by Tracksmith right now. Tracksmith has been a great with partnering with us through these rough times. Like low key, it's been rough. Aaron knows it, like for sure. So if you want to keep up with the Two Black Runners podcast, follow us on Instagram at Two Black Runners. Also follow uh, the Runner Report as well where you can get all your writing is produced for and by the culture but Aaron let's get into this podcast guest that we coming up because we've been having a lot of big guests a lot of people that just been great at what they've done if that comes from the 400 the 100 and really like community activism and now but we got a lot of people that have been great in the 800 bruh like low-key should we change our podcast to like 800 runners or something I don't know should we change that like you know what I mean? Hey, you know, we grew up running the 800. It's one of our favorite events. So it's only natural that we keep on bringing on the biggest and and the best 800 meter run- runners on the men and the women's side. And it's just funny how it happened. Like, I, I wouldn't say that we forced it. We're like, oh, let's try to get only 800 uh, guys and gals. It's just, it just continues to happen. And, you know, 800 runners, they're just different. So I'm super excited oh. about who we got today. I think a lot of people want to hear from him. So, cause there's been a lot of talk going around on the 800 on who, who's, who's going to win it this year. Who's going to take it. There's so many factors. It's really heating up on the men's and the women's side. So we're going to keep bringing y'all the best guests. And a lot of them just tend to be 800 meter people. And like you said, like 800 has been crazy, Aaron, but we may have the future 2021 Olympic champion in 800 on the podcast today, bro. He's the 2012 London silver medalist in 800, number four all time in the 800 as well, 141.73. That's that's crazy. That's wild. That's He's like he was a young phenom for Botswana. He is the pride of Botswana as well. He's an entrepreneur, you know, Forbes under 30, under 30 for Africa as as well we got nigel almost on the podcast on the two black runners show bro nigel how's it doing bro how's it going i'm well my brother i'm one piece how are you doing thanks for having me in the house no yeah problem, man no problem thanks for coming on thanks for coming on we really do like appreciate you having on because like we were saying like hey i, I really we loved 800 watching you and what you did well at 18 years old in 2012 was just crazy and one of the fastest 800s that i think we've all seen like just ever but before we like get into all of that because we're going to be talking about a lot about running i just want to know like where, where where are you at right now like how are you doing 2020 was crazy last year. And I was like, what was just like one good thing or one bad thing you would take away? What's one thing that you would take away from 2020 that was good or bad in your eyes? I mean, I think one thing that I appreciate, I'm healthy. I mean, one piece, I can still able to wake up and take one step again. No, that's blessings, my man, for me, that is. Uh, That's one thing I'm I'm appreciating more from it and just looking at the positive way of it. Step by step, you know, it's a, it's the year where we we had to work one extra year for something we've been looking for for four years kind of work you know so it mm-hmm. ate another 
kind of like, yo, we just have to add another year and the work we've been doing for four years. Now it's five year old, you know? Yeah, so thankful that we're gonna see the see the Olympics this year and just to, you know, to wake up, this life is just a blessing. We've all learned that through COVID, but moving into 2021, you know, you got the Olympics coming on. And like we were saying, the 800, the 800 is stacked and always is, but what is, what is like your biggest motivator going into the Olympics this year? I'm just thankful to be going for my third Olympic circle. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be giving a, a shot again and trying to make my dream come true. Um, you know, it's it's coming from my country. It's it's a, it's it's for me. It's a big thing, you know, to get out to that line and being able to line up from 18 years and still be now uh, be in the line. And if you look yeah. at the, all the race, the 2012 race, I'm the only guy still now in the line trying to get to the next line. You know, so it's a uh, uh, it's 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 a uh, it's kind of I'm representing the kind of another generation, kind of another team. You know, yeah. It, and for me, it's a uh, it's just always trying to be better. You know, trying to understand it. Good for because I look at the way that I got the results before I get the, to do the work. You know, I, 18 years old, I ran 141 from then, then so that get injured, so that you know, get it right. So I, I then had to put on the work to get back to 141 again, you know. Mm -hmm. So I just have to keep on doing better. That's it. And that was one of the things we we had RJ Wilson on uh, a couple of weeks ago too. And she's kind of like same as you. Like, at 18, she was going to like world championships. And like at 18, you're at your first Olympics. Now you're 26. Like that's a completely, you're so much older and wiser now. Like what did, what would you say is like the biggest change in your mentality from when you were 18 going to the Olympics to now being 26? I think it's appreciating the work now. Yeah? Appreciating the work that takes to get to that line. You know, as 18, you just never anticipate that you'll be the Olympic line. And then you get there, you just want to enjoy the village life. You just want to see your, 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 why you just want to enjoy everything around. And suddenly the, the result come through too. You're, you're, you're in, second in the Olympics. For me, it's that year I, I had taken my, my share out of the year from being the under 20 world champion. I already had seen my share in the season. Uh, heading into the Olympics, she was like, okay, okay, it's a bonus for me to get to the medal. And then winning the first country Olympic medal was something that I kind of appreciated years after, you know, because mm -hmm. yeah, I was young, I didn't do the work. I appreciated years after, I look back like, you know what, that was a big thing. I won this medal when I was 18, you know? So that's when I understand that you kind of growing up, you understand the kind of piece of work. You, understand, you appreciate the work that you put into to get where you want to get. And then talking about like that work, I believe you were just in Botswana training there back in like back in your home country as well. How is it just being able like to return to your country for like those brief periods then coming back to Oregon? Like how is that transition like doing that year after year, being able to go back home, train there, then come to Oregon and like that? Is, it, is, is that like a is that a tough transition that you have to get used to at first to be like having this training camp in Oregon, then going back home? that uh those tra traveling no it's uh it's it's home home is home you know but for me i see this as an opportunity to be able to spend time with my teammates you know and i'm a, i'm part of the relay team the four by four so when i'm done there i get to spend time with the team training with the team and the camp and the team so i i appreciate building a relationship with the team not just meeting them at the championship and then we doing the work yeah. and then uh, I train better in the summer, you know, in the sun. So I get to appreciate the sun in January, February, March. And then even when I came here, I know I did a couple of work in the sun, you know, so I'm pushing yeah. it. It's, it's, a, it's a transition that is not that tough on me. 
because it takes it takes every step going towards the next phases in the transaction of racing and everything. So that's it's just a process. Wait, was it kind of tough? Like at first when you moved out to Oregon, you're all like, dang, it low-key be raining a lot out here. Was that sort of just all like, was that sort of just definitely shock. like a different change? To, yeah, a shock to the system like a little bit? Definitely, you know, coming from where you know when it's raining, you don't train now and it's raining, you got to be out there putting on the work. You know? it's, uh -huh. it's, yeah, so it was that kind of like, okay, now you kind of focusing on to like, okay, it's raining. But you put it on the work at the end of the day, you don't realize how much work you put on it because you've been focusing on like, okay, I'm getting through this, I'm getting. So for me, it's, it's uh, I always want to appreciate the challenges. I always want to challenge myself because uh, I wanted to, to to get better, you know, when I was around 141 when I was 18. So I wanted to know that I could get back there. You know, what does it take now for me to get back there? I needed to put session. I need to be healthy, you know. Uh, if you take from 2013 to 2016, I wasn't healthy. I had a quad that took me time to get to balance the work and everything. You know, so coming mm -hmm. to Oregon, it was time for me to get healthy again and put on step by step, you know, because I came in 2017, 143, 2018, 142, 2019, 141. It's just a stepping stone, you know, we take one step at a time. So it's it's unfortunate what happened in 2020, but the world is still moving. We still put on the work and at speed, like, what are we doing? We'll get the results. Yeah, at the end of the day, you just gotta, you just gotta keep it pushing and every challenge is just, a part of a part of that process of and a part of your story of becoming a legend and that's what we want to dive into we want to hear about your story because it's crazy you know you made it to the olympics at 18 you're 26 now still doing your whole thing but we wanted to just ask like what was your first introduction into track and field like how did you get into the sport was there someone that really influenced you and like pushed you into it yeah, one of my teachers, I wanted to get him off my back. You know, I was, I'm, I think I'm a good football player. You know, football, I mean soccer, not the, not the, not the American uh, football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a good soccer player, you know. So I wanted to just be a striker and going to play professional soccer. So there's this teacher I've seen me running into the past junior school when I was still in junior school. It's like, no, you, you're on the national run. I was like, yeah, but I don't want to be a runner. I want to focus on soccer. So I just want to show him I'm not that good enough. Unfortunately, that was where my father was lying and that we were still standing today fighting on it, you know. Was there a moment uh, when you were like, wow, like when you first started, was there a moment where you were like, dang, like I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this track thing. Like I'm way better than tra at track than I am at um, football. Was there anything early on that gave you that indication? Uh, I think for me, it was, that came into where I am. It comes with personal, where personally, yeah, what you want to do, what you want to achieve with the sports, you know, where, where you can get the result. For me, athletics was where football were 11. We are motivated by different factors. We're going through different stories, you know. We can, I can put on the work as much as I can to win the game, but we got like, two guys, one guy needs to put on the work, we can't get the game done, you know. So for me, it yeah. was... Now, athletics is a point where I know you're put on my work, I can get the game done and achieve the goals that I wanted to achieve at the end of the day in life generally, you know. Do you think, uh, it's sort of an out there question, but do you think if you ended up playing football, do you think you could have gained the success that you already have in track and field? Because like you're a high level elite athlete, like obviously you can get it done in the professional field and track. But did you ever just think about, do you ever think about now? It's like, man, what if I just keep though playing football? Like, do you think- still young. Sometimes I think so, and then I'll be like, you know what, I am where I am, and the path is looking as you're looking. I get to appreciate the path and get to like, trying to be better in the path that I'm into it and trying to transit to be 
better in other parts of life too, because generally our career is for short, short life, you know, we're passing through it, you know, so we appreciate the years we've been putting on to going through. As you go through another year, you appreciate it in this game. Yeah, and I, and I want to know too, because like, you made the Olympics when you were 18, and I don't think you, you didn't start running until high school. Can you describe to us like, what was your first, what was your first race experience like? Could you take us through that? And what and how old were you in that for, with that first race that you ever had? Basically, I've been. I think I was running every day to school. I wasn't running, but it, I was putting on mileage. If I look back on it, I was putting on mileage every day because I was walking about 14 kilometers back from home and school. You know, every morning and evening. So it was. I guess I was putting on the way. So when I transitioned to be a runner, now I had the mileage into it, and I was able to be. Because I was a fast striker, so I could be able to teach and just go with it. So uh, as this time in, I could play a good 19 minutes, you know, I so, said, okay, that was good. If they transited running, I could keep up. My first race was 5,000. I used to do 5,000 and step with chase, you know. So we we, we, we do the transition and trying to find where really I can really achieve the best, where I can be the best ability of my talent can be using. And you now we settled in 800 and learned from it, you know. Hey, that's about that's a lot better than the 5k. That's a lot better than the 5k. That's a long way. That is the most painful race in the, in the track, my man. No debate. No debate. <laughs> no debate. So like when when was that time when you're all like, oh yeah, like I'm an 800 runner? And I think didn't you start running like a little bit of the four as well? So like when was that time where you're like, yeah, like 800 is, is my event? Was it not until you got to like U20 World Championships where you figured that out? No, the year before that, I did the African Junior Championships in Botswana, then 147, and then, okay, 147, yes, get to be like, okay, from the world champion, you still run 146, and then I took it from then, the year 143, when, you know, we ran 143, like, okay, this could be my race, but I was doing 400 as my, my speed race, I still do 400, I still run 44.9, so I still, still, in 2015, when I had a 44.1 split in the release in Beijing, as well, like, okay, I got the speed, you know, but the endurance and the speed balance helps me better trying it. But I kind of, you know. Yeah, and what's crazy is so you basically you start off during the 5K and around like high school, high school age, and you like you said at the African Juniors you ran like that 147, but you go into U20s and you take the dub and you ran 143. What was your mentality going into going into U20s? Was the plan to win, because I think that that was a big PR for you. You went from 147 to 143. The the, the big mentality to do was myself. I was fighting with myself, not the field or anyone. And I just like myself to say, okay, I just ran 143. Will I ever do it again? Okay, this is a big championship, you know. Maybe if I could have a race between this and championship for me to see where I am really, you know. Because that was my transition from 147 to 143, you know. So I had to, to get the trust before getting the championship, but unfortunately I didn't have the race that would transit me into it. So when I get done, they would be done. I was like, okay, I'll get it done. But then when I get to the final, being able to run it again and getting the championship record, it gave me confidence to know that, okay, this is where I am at the moment. This is my, my, my shape, this is, where I could, this is what I could deliver, you know? So getting to the Olympics, I didn't think much about, okay, I wanna improve this. For me, it was just like, okay, wherever it will take me, but enjoy, enjoy being in the Olympics, learn the experience, you'll be better as you grow up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, at the end of the day, when the curtains were closed up, I walked away with the safe silver, you know? So that was, 
that was something that happened that wasn't really planned, that wasn't anticipated. I just flowed with the flow and the flow took me there. I, I just think like that has to be just, 2012 was, must have been just like a crazy year for you, like going into that year, like to win U20s, get silver at the Olympics in one of the best races ever. Like, did you ever think all of that was going to happen? Like at the beginning of the year when you started started running, started training seriously, was it like, it wasn't like, oh, getting, winning the Olympics is the goal, but somehow you ended up, you ended up there. The goal was to win the World Juniors. That was the goal. That was something that I was uh, anticipated to happen. That was something that I already uh, put on the on the, uh, the, 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 uh, the universe out there that this is the goal. This is what I'm working towards. Uh-huh. I had a status that I posted on Facebook in 2011 and say, next year I'll be in Barcelona, make my country proud, you know? So 2012 happened that I was in Barcelona. I won the World Juniors. That was the first goal for my country in that stage of the athletics. So for me at that time, I was working towards that. When I achieved that, I was all satisfied. I hoped that would be like, you know, just walk down the line, you know, you get to the Olympics, you race, heat, same final. Oh, I'm into the final. Okay, get get to the final, roll with it, cross the line, so uh, now the transition, you can only get better from here. Yeah. But again, you can only get better from here, but again, you can understand what did you take for you to get here. You know, so for me, that was the transition that was, I can only get better from here. What did happen? What exactly did you get here? But I learned the way about injured, you know, so the injury that took me out for years that I have, I have to happen to be in and out. But what was really interesting that even though in those years I'm not showing up with the world champion, um, and the champion thought in the first place, I'll still be well number one, well number two fastest. I still deliver 142s. You know, I still run the first time, but not, not the championship time. Because I wasn't able to train and fit enough to train for a championship, but for fast race I could deliver fast race. You know, I wasn't healthy enough to train the, all the three sessions in a week. I could do two sessions in a week. I could do one session in a week. But for championship, I need to be strong enough to run hits in final and final. I wasn't healthy enough to do that until I transited OTC. Now we had to work around it here, and then I get to be able to go and win the African champs again, be able to run back to back 142, 143s. And be able to run 141 again, you know. So it's the transition where I'm still trying to find the really ground and learning, growing up with it, you know. Because eventually you you can run around the ground, but you need to be able to know running around the ground. Where are you? Learn not even have to look at it, you know. Like we did in Zurich, we could have run a good a good. We did a good race, but we went 48 because we're excited about it. We're excited about the fitness and how things were, you know. But we, it's about learning, getting it and learning how, okay, I'm, I'm here, how is it feels and learning going to it. I don't have to kick it. You know, so I'm, I'm in that stage where I want to learn and want to see what else can I do. You know, I've, I've won the Diamond League five times. You know, what else can I do out of that? You know, that's why I'm, I'm there to learn. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, that's just really sound, sounds awesome because you can just tell. Uh, not was, I didn't know you at 18, but you can tell how, how, from seeing that you just came into the sport, like coming in at 18 and you're able to have that such great success, but you've learned so much since then and been able to get to these big stages constantly and constantly. Like honestly, bro, Aaron, every single year, every single year, this dude's running under 144, 144 yeah. faster, like every single year, super consistent. But before you got there, you were just that that kid, kid getting onto the world stage for the first time. And I know you had the confidence and your goal was to get to world juniors 
but like what were the nerves like when you lined up at the line for the first time at Africa African at the African Championships then at World Juniors in the Olympics like were you were you nervous like I know that I feel like that could be scary like that could be low-key kind of like kind of scary around all that where, what where did you have any type of butterflies Oh, as, as, I think it, it's, it comes how you view it when you get to the line, how you see the stage areas. For me, it's, I see it as a time where I need to appreciate the work I've been going through, the pain I've been going through coming to this line. Because no, you, you, you run after the World Championship, you're like, what's next? Okay, the African, you put on work for that, you know? So all the pain you take, you're looking forward to say, it's for this. So when you get to that line for me, it's like, okay, this way you're at this stage where you appreciate the pain, you see how far the pain you take you into. So I never really get scared when I get in line or get the fear of it because I just want to appreciate the work that I've been putting towards it. I appreciate it to be in that stage and doing that again, you know, because getting to another line, there's always a challenge. You never know. That might be your last line in our sport, you know, yeah. and in our sport, you're only good as the last race. So you look at it, you know, that's just how things roll on it. What's up, y'all? It's the host of the Two Black Riders podcast, Joshua Potts. I just want to come on real quick and thank again our sponsor, Tracksmith, for partnering with the Two Black Runners podcast. This Boston-based independent running brand is born from the desire to celebrate the style and culture of running and is dedicated to designing stylish quality of apparel for the running class. The runners just like you and me that out there just that love to run, that love to go get in some long runs, short runs, some drills, some workout routines, and also, like I said, stylists, they just like to look good, bruh. And so Tracksmith is a real really great brand partnering with us and they do great things even off the track like with their tracksmith journal with their instagram and everything in between so it's such an honor to partner with them and they love our audience and they love us so they're offering you guys 15 percent off your first purchase of 75 dollars or more when you visit tracksmith.com and get yourself some gear so go over there get yourself some gear use the code culture 15 and get swagged up at Tracksmith. Let's get it. Let's get back to the pod. And going going into these races, like you just said, seems like you had a good mentality. You were just very mature, like mature at a young age. But did you ever like going into that race at at London? Did you ever look at the field and you're like, because David Radisha was just so so hyped up. Just everyone in that race. There are so many so many competitors in that race that you're going to as a young eighteen year old. Were you distracted at all by the competition that you were facing? And did you have an idea that Radisha was going to be going for the world record? You know, I was I was running on the blank pages. I didn't know anything. You know, when you just run, I was just yeah. run. So yeah, I was in the mood where I just I'm just going to run, just run how you feel, just go with it. Run on blank pages. As you grow up, you realize you understand the details. Some details get to be good for you. Some doesn't have to be good with you. So as you grow up, want to be better, you learn the details that you have to throw through. Which one can you use? Which one is going to, going to harm you? You know. So for me, that's 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 the transition. I was I was just there, blank pages. Now I have to pick up the pages and read details. And now I'm learning which details will work for me. Which one can I throw away? Which one can I use going forward? You know. Hey, I like that, Aaron. Run on, running on blank pages. I like that. That's that's a that's a that's a fire mantra. It is. Yeah, because really, they, uh, and and that's something you can use, like running through life on blank pages. Like, there's nothing limiting you. You know, you're creating you're creating your destiny. It's it's not about the people that are around you. So I think anyone can use that in in all spec aspects of life. 
So I, one thing I want to ask you too, though, because like, it sounds like at 18, you know, I feel like when, like a lot of times though, yeah, like when you're saying when you're young too, like you're just going for it, you know, you just believe in yourself, you already know. And it's not like you're not older at all. You're only 26. Like you just, you just already believe in yourself fully. But was there something like how you grew up that really like gave you this, gave you this mentality to like be able to like think forward? And we're going to go into this too, because you've battled a lot of adversity with injuries, as you were saying, but is there something like some lessons, life lessons that you learned um, young, just growing up in Botswana that really have just formed how you are as a person? Definitely, no, man. I was raised by my grandparents. I really never known my mom or my dad, you know, so I uh, raised in the farms, you know, get to learn how things grow, get to learn, you get to see the patience of waiting for something to grow until you eat it, you know. You get to learn really things, really physical until you have them, you know. So that's all. I think the way I see my grandparents, even though they raised me, they lost their own nine children. They still prayed and raised us, you know, so the faith that was around the family, the hope that was around the family, you know, and just getting out there from the village and changing everything, you know, winning the first Olympic medal. So I think all those just build the person I am and how I look at things and how I appreciate getting to be able to do the next step again, you know? Yeah. What I'm really curious too is like, could you uh, like describe uh, Botswana for people who have never been there? Cause I see you sometimes on your Instagram, like how you posting you at the track or you just oh, the scenery of, yeah, it looks crazy. It looks, it's just, it seems like a beautiful country. Like how could you describe like Botswana for us in a few words if we've never been there? Uh, Botswana is one of the unknown Iceland in the, in the Africa way, you know, there's paradise, para, unknown paradise, you know, mm -hmm. unknown paradise, you know, it's a place where there's the only place where uh, mankind have been destroyed while the nature have produced the Okavango Delta, you know, so it's beautiful, you get to Okavango Delta, you find all the world animals, you know, it's natural, everything's still there, you know, so I think it's, 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 it's a, people always think when we say Botswana is South Africa. Now, Botswana is between the landlocked country, between South Africa and all those countries. There's a landlocked country in between the way. We've been stable political-wise. You are in our sixth president independently, and we've always been stable. So I think it's a growing country nation, and the talent that is coming out there, in 20, in 2028, 2038, we'll be, we'll be sitting down to me in sport, you know? So for me, if you think I've seen talent with me, I've seen talent. I'm not talented compared to what's coming. No. Dang, yeah. I, I like that. I'm, that makes me excited. That makes me yeah. excited. I mean, cause they brought you, they brought you out at 18, ready to go, and you still been, still been killing it. So I'm excited to see what other killers we see coming up soon out of Botswana for sure. Yeah. And I want to also go back to the point of like running on blank pages, cause after 2012, you were able, those pages started to get filled in a way, like whether you like it or not, you start seeing these people regularly on the circuit with to be from Diamond League or just going back to the World Championships and such. And then I think it was what in, tw in 2014, you got your first win over David Radicia, the, the world record holder in 800. I'm just curious, like that Diamond League race in uh, Luzane or, or in Monaco, like what did that, what did that, did that do like anything for your confidence going into like the next world championships and on and into 2016, once you were able to start to be able to beat Radisha and becoming like the number one 800 runner in the world? 
No, for me, it was always about being able to go with the race and go accordingly to how the coach we've been working towards it and finish the race. And be able, if I able to win, it was a great win, you know. So I able to get most wins. Like, uh, however, I was running the 800, and we look at it. I was running. I was winning the races that are fast, the slow races. I couldn't be able to transition to win them ever since mm. the common 2014. So now I had to learn. To, um, I'm kind of have to destroy the pages and learn again how to raise a championship race, not just a fast race. So for me, that was all the transition of it. And running through Rhodesia is always, you know, it's a, it's a great one. Always put the race on. The race will always be fast. It was a motivation that we'll have a great time today. You know, so it's, it's a brother that, you know, always making the race interesting. And we know the sport always have to make the race interesting for it to be able to be one of the best in the track to be sellable and everything, you know. So 800 is one of the best playing races if you look at the whole track and field, you know. Mm -hmm. So we bring out the best. So it was always the guy that I know, like, we learn up over it. I'm always looking forward to appreciate the work I've been putting into it, you know. So he'll bring up a good time, you know. Mm -hmm. So after, after he was gone, it was kind of like, okay, no, now I have to take on the road. I have to always go, you know. I'm the next guy. So I have to learn how to go with it. And because that's how I was always winning my races. So I had to learn on to it and be able to be comfortable and have the patience. If you look how I ran 141 in Monaco, I had to be able to be patient in front, be able to transit on my speed and be able to bring it home. So I had to learn all those and be able to know that I'm capable of doing that again. I'm capable of having it. It's on me. So I think it's it's all about learning, transiting in each and every season. You know, it's different. Yeah. When I think about when I think about you, Nigel, I'm just like, this is a guy at 18 that ran. 141 like I think everybody always thinks about that and you have you have uh you, you put in you've put in all the work and you have so much talent so I feel like we're all like everyone has just kind of been like watching your career develop because you know Radisha, Radisha was that guy when he ran that time and you were right on him and then after that you followed up and beat him and you beat him what is it like, or I don't know if you ever think about this, but I think just think like Radisha, I believe was 26 when he set that world record and ran that time. Now you're the same age that that he was at that time. And like, now you have all this experience that you're bringing with you into the Olympics on, you know, racing from the front, racing from the back, you know, how do you think that, how are you gonna bring that into uh, Tokyo this Tokyo this year to put together a race? First thing for me is just the health that I'm going to get to Tokyo healthy. I'm looking forward to get to Tokyo healthy. That would be my second Olympic, getting to them healthy ever since I was 18, you know. And I appreciate that now I'll be more experienced, I'll be more learning, I'll be able to be more to put onto another line, the third line of my career, you know. So the goal is to appreciate to get to the line first and be able to appreciate to get to the next round, the next round into the final, because it's just a transition of it and learning, you know, because each and every round, each and every race is different, you know. So you can't get there and say, I want to be here and here. It's, it's Olympics. There's no place that I can have races. Anything can happen. Yeah, most definitely. And this is this is a strong field this year. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But we want to talk because you've already mentioned a lot about like all of the adversity you've had to deal with these injuries. I mean, I, I was reading up on you like in 2013, you had a hamstring a strain, push, took you out, but you come back in 2014, you win the Commonwealth Games, you know, so what has it been through these like stretches of injuries that you've had? Like, like um, what have you like learned for it? Or what advice would you give to people that have dealt with a bunch of injuries? Cause you, you seem to bounce back whenever you're hurt. 
No, it was it was me learning that at the, uh, at the level I'm running, at the, uh, what could what, what am I vulnerable into? Just for me to have a right team around me and understand my body and learn my body, you know, and be able to know what exactly are we targeting and how where, what what exactly does it take to get what are we targeting? Am I able to do that? Am I capable to do this kind of workouts? You know, and uh, I, I go to be healthy again. I go to be strong. I go to get into the gym because I never I never did gym until I was like about 22, 23. You know, I never go to do gym. So I started. I got into the gym. I started to be able to be strong and to other things. And then now I'm like, in, if from six injuries I get to two injuries in a season, so things are just to be able to get better. You know. How, how much have you, I, I think you've already mentioned like how much you've learned from Oregon Track Club and what, what they've brought to the table and bringing you to like the next level and getting back to that 141. But how much has it just been like a great help being able to learn from OTC and be able to train with the guys at OTC? Like, that, it, like describe like the work that you guys are doing out there in, in Eugene. No, it's always just about the teamwork we have. The teamwork we have, we can just always put on the work that is really on the table on the day. That's really the nice sort of thing that we have the team that is able to take on what's on the menu. So that's really the most important part of it. Yeah, that's appreciate most about it. And then like being training in OTC, like recently, like seeing what Donovan Brazier does and train out there in Oregon and just like all the other teams that train out there in Oregon, how much of how much fun does it make just like the sport being able to like see other people train around you that are like world-class talent, like all the time from opposing teams, like every single day, I, I would assume. Is, does that make it just even more interesting with even like environment or stuff like that? No, it's, 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 if, if, it's because I understand it's what you do that what works for you, not what someone's doing that works for them in the game. You know, it's what works for you. If someone's gonna be there in the line of the ready because they did what works for them, did you do what works for you? You're gonna be there in the line, be ready because you did. So for me, it's not way who is around, what works. It's what am I doing, where I am, what really works for me to get to the line and be ready to do what I have to do. You know, that's what I really appreciate it and work up to look into. Yeah, and it seems like you're very focused. You're very just focused on yourself. You don't like we we asked you about the 2012, and you're just very grateful for everything that's been given to you. And you're always just focused on creating, uh, creating your your own story. One thing I wanted to ask you about too was that 2016. I remember you were, you were saying you were a little banged up going into that Olympics, and that one you didn't make it out to the semifinal, and that was coming off of you know, 2012, where you took second, Commonwealth Games, beating Radisha. What did you, or how did, how did that, how did that, um, that Olympics really fuel you over these next five years to get ready for Tokyo? No, I think for me, I was ready for the result that was coming in. I knew that I didn't do what it takes to get to the line. You know, I was in health. I spent about six months in the hospital that year, struggling health issues, you know, personal health issues. So it, it, I wasn't ready to get to the line. That's what I'm saying. Now I'm appreciative to be into second Olympic line of mine, healthy, and be looking forward to do what I could do best. You know, so it's, it's a transition that I'm happy I managed to take off the second line, but I knew that I'm not the best in the ability of it. Even though I knew that I'm not the best, I still, I still felt hurt. You know, because I thought I was older, I was worse, I should do better. But at the end of the day, for you to do better, you have to do more work. And you need to be better, you need to be ready more than you were when you're young. So I, I didn't do the homework. I just wanted to get the results, but I didn't do the homework. So it's, it's that's selfish of me. Yeah, but I'm also thinking too, like for you, yeah, like you're saying, like making it at 18 and doing that thing, like you want to come in 2016 and pop off. 
But uh, for a lot of young athletes out there, like success isn't always like completely linear. It could be up and it could be, it could be, it could be down or whatever. It's going to always be changing. Um, I just wanted to, you know, hear what would you give? Cause there's so many young athletes that we're seeing today on the women's side, like a thing, a thing Mo running 18 years old, running 158. What would you, yeah. Like what advice would you give to like, these young phenom athletes that just start off gun blazings, but then, you know, you take a couple, you take a couple punches, you know, uh, what, how do you, how do you recover from those type of things? I, th- I think for us, it, 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 in our sport, it, it, it's not who run fast. It's who shows up when it matters. Let's just be honest. It's like, it's not who is fast. It's who shows up when it matters, you know? So it's always about putting on the work and be able to be on the day when you have to show up and show up. That's all about it for me. It's, it's not who is fast as what. It's who show up on the day really matters. You know, I could run 141 today, next Olympics, I'm out in 148, in 152s. No, it's who show up when it matters. So you just want to be ready for showing up when it matters and be able to deliver. Hey, what you said, what, what have y'all done? What have you done for me lately? You know, you got come ready, come ready. I want. I want to talk about that. Like, not. Sh- it matter when it's show- showing up. When it matters. Like, how long did it take you to realize that? Was there a moment where was did did you start? Did you realize that when you came into it at eighteen, or was it not until like missing like twenty sixteen, or was it not until the Commonwealth Games in twenty fourteen? Like, was there a moment, or just when did you start realizing that it's not? It's that's when you show up that matters, and not just all about the time. For me, it was when I transitioned from, because when I was in South Africa, I was, I was always running 142s, 142s, so I was always world leading world number two. So it is for me to say, now I want to transit all that result to championship result, you know. That's when I wanted to show up on his medals. That was what I'm working towards, and that's what I've been working towards, getting the African championship into it, and going towards to say, okay, we're looking forward to the next championship. That will be the Olympic to see how much the work we've been putting into towards it, so that is going to get the results of it. Did that really come from like, because uh, you're running the fast times, like you said, in Africa, like 142, number two, yeah. all the time. Like, did that come from realizing that show ups to matter? Because I feel like you having that number four all time, 141, 141, uh, 73, like at 18, like that's like a, that's a high goal that you put like really early on. Does, does, that, does that ever feel like, like that's just like hanging over my head? And you were able to get back there what, two, in 2019 with 141.8. But like before then, did it just ever feel like, dang, that's sort of like daunting? Because like I'm right there. I'm, I can feel it. I know I've done it before. But it, I just like just being able not to get there every single year. Yeah, I wasn't able to get there because I wasn't healthy enough first to get done there. I wasn't able to do what it takes to get there, to put on the work that it takes to get there. And now I'm, I'm, just, I'm still just young. I'm still having done some work that gets there. I see... As I said, I'm one of the people who get the result before and they have to put on the work. You know, so it takes me to get the work, to get broken, to get ready, to get mm-hmm. put on, to get hating, get changing the coaches, to get all that I was taking to happen, to get changing the areas, to get to say, okay, this is what really works for me, this is what doesn't work for me. To be able to get back to that line again, to say, okay, I'm here again now, but I want to be able to stay here. You know, now you, you're in that line, you say, I want to stay here. You don't say, I want to improve. You can't improve, you just are right. So I want to stay in there before I could think about improving from there, you know? 100%. And, and like you're saying, like, I feel like for you too, like, yeah, you want to run fast times, but you want to win at the end of the day. Like, you want to win at the highest stage. 
against mm-hmm. against the best people. And it's like, it, I think it's how you look at it too. It's like, bro, I ran 141 at 18. That's you know my what my abilities are. But yeah. let's get to the let's get to the race. Let's get to the championship race healthy, and let's see let's see what happens. Because the I obviously have the ability to do it. It's just racing well uh, when it matters. Yeah. And, and I yeah I'm I'm excited to see what you do. Uh, also like the current the current state of the 800 when we look at it right now, you know we got Donovan in the U.S. You know you got the matchups against Donovan Brazier, Bryce Hopple. We saw Elliot Giles just run a 143.6. Like, how does this year's 800 lineup feel compared? I know in, when you were 18, it didn't seem like you were really thinking it. Ooh, it doesn't seem like you really think about other competitors that much. But have you ever, do you ever think about like this year's 800 class versus that one, how fast it is? It's uh, it's if you're a runner, you get to understand, you get to appreciate that every day is a change. Every day is just like you wake up, there's a raining, there's a cloud, there's a there's, there's sunny tomorrow, you know. So you appreciate that someone can always come up, someone can always do something. I no one has anticipated that I'll come out and run 141 in 2012, you know. So you get to appreciate there's always someone like me, there's always someone like you, there's always someone, you know. But then you get to know that. For me, it's always about being able to deliver, be able to understand my journey and be able to know what does it take for me really to take what I want in that season, you know? So then I put on the work towards that, you know? That's all I want. It is just about putting in the work to match up against these guys because we got a bunch of heat coming coming through in the eight. But how does it also feel to be like a young, you're like a young vet because you started in the game professionally at 18 and these guys that we just mentioned, like a Donovan Brazier or Bryce Hopple, they're like 22, 23. But it seems, sometimes I feel like people forget, like, nah, like Nigel Amos is only 26. Like, he's really not that much older than any of y'all, just cause you've been in the, you've been in the game for such a long time. No, for me, it's always been consistency. You know? It's always not always about where I'm in the race. It's always about being consistent, being able to year and year be able to come and do whatever I've been doing. Able to get it to be able to deliver under one 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 forty five each and every year. When I'm injured, it's one forty four six. It's be able to to be able to be consistent and be able to show up. You know, uh, it's it's and as I said, when when time for me to show up in the medals and championship, I wasn't showing up. So. I had to learn and be able to learn. Look, okay, I'm going to a championship. Now we're heading to the Olympics. I need to share up in the Olympics. This is what you have to do. This is what it takes for me to share up, you know? So I'm looking forward and working towards that because getting to the line, you got to get yourself to the line. You never know who's going to be next in the line, you know? Yeah. About my man, you know? Yeah, and it's also just speaking of being like that young vet, bro, like most likely you can get to, you're trying to get to your third Olympic games, getting to that line being able to be there healthy and compete. I know this is real far ahead, but uh, 20, 2024, like, are you are already in your mind? Are you How far do you like want to run? Cause like, bro, you're 26 and already been to three Olympic games. Do you feel like, man, I can go to four, I can go to five? five. Like, how far do you like, how, how long do you feel like you want to keep on running? I think it's the pain. How long can I keep on taking the pain? I think then there's <laughs> Next Olympic cycle, I get this. It's, it's gonna be a good one. Of course, 2022 will come into Eugene. That's my home now. Oh Again, yeah. I need to give some fire home. You know, it's been my home for four years, so I need to be here in 2022. So we will take it from there. You know. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome when it's in Eugene to go and get the dub there. Like, that would be crazy. But do you do you ever see yourself, like, when we think of further down the line, do you ever see yourself running in a different event? Like, do you think we'll ever see you racing a 1500 at the Olympics? Or you you cutting off at the eight? No, I always do the eight and the relay and the four by four relay. That's always been my race. And uh, that's what I'm going to do in the next Olympics. I'm, I'm going to be part of the four by four relay and the eight. So that's the way I want to take it, going towards it and see uh, how many more years can I put into the game and transition into what makes me really a woman being without the sports. That's the most aspect, the important part of life afterward, because the sport is just a short part of our career, you know? Yeah. And who are some of these who are some of these athletes in Botswana right now that are coming up that you that you that you think are gonna be big on the scene? Like what's your what's your four by four looking at? Uh, looking like just that a junior guy who ran 10, 10 one, four, you know, it's, it's, it's this tall guy who ran ten one four. We're, we're looking forward to see what he will do in the world juniors in Kenya. So now it's it's it's, it's nice to see sprinters coming out too, not only yeah. four hundred you think, you know, it's nice to see sprinters coming out of the country too. But if you look into the books, you look into what's coming out, as I said, we have won it next 2020-2030. to be really great to see our athletes getting out there, you know, because what are you building? Our development is more than what we have out in the world in the moment. That's what I'm really happy about, you know. Yeah, that's, that's sick. That's sick. Definitely getting like the, the sprinters too. That must definitely just be exciting, just being able. And like you kind of have like two, two track families and as well, your track family here in OTC, then your track family in Botswana. That's really just a dope feeling. Being able to all like compete at the Olympics is definitely going to be something exciting. But like, I want one more question that I think we're almost ready like to close out. Just like being like that 400, 800 meter like hybrid. Like what? What's the what's the challenges that comes to that? Like, bro, you're gonna have to run an eighth and come back and run that four by four, just running super fast all the time, pretty much. Like, what are the challenges for you in that type of training? As your center, you've always been running the four hundred, but has the, is there a little bit more center on the four this year to make sure that you can get out there? Like, are we gonna see like a forty three split, my guy? Like, is is that the goal in in this in this four by four? I keep on putting my work towards my 800 and see where I am and just see my speed. Where is it? Because my kind of work towards 800, I do some of the work that is involved 400 meters work. You know, I do some 300s, I do some 350s, I do some work, you know. So uh, I'm, I would love to put forward and see what you can do. Because what, what I really know is that we're going to have a really great 4x4 team that if you are all healthy, if you're all together with the line that we have 4373, 4402, 4466, and then I get in and then with the 4499, 4500, so we have a team that can really win, you know. You see what happened in Rio, we, we fall down the line, you know, we could have won a medal. So if we can put everyone together, we can get a really great result in the next Olympics. And that's what we're really working towards into too, you know, to give the fight in that relay, you know. Yeah, no, we would love to see that. We would love to see y'all y'all, get that medal, take home that gold. And definitely, I always just like seeing the 800 runners in the 4x4. I, I, lo I love seeing it. I love seeing them show, show up some of these sprinters. You know, I can't lie. Uh, but I also wanted to ask, this is just a random question, too, because you said you're going to run until, like, just see how long you could take the pain, really. And with the 8-4 combo, you're going to take a, a ton of pain. But is it true? Is it true? We heard, is it true that... After that that racing, did you leave on a stretcher after the the race at the first Olympics that you did that 141? Is that a yeah, is that a room? Oh my well, goodness! One was better than my first 141. I was 
But the first one, I wasn't prepared for it. My second one, I was more prepared for it. You know, that's the difference. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Do you, do you remember that pain, or is it just like, what's that feeling, Aaron? Isn't there like a feeling where like you just you block uh, out just, the pain, like you can't remember it? There's something. There, there's something that's called, but like you can't remember. Like if you break your leg, you don't remember how it feels. But like, adrenaline. do you remember how much? How do you remember how much that 141 like hurt afterwards? No, that's that's the beautiful thing about the human body. We learn to forget pain. You know, if, if we could remember pain, how it feels, we never go back and do other things again, really. So that's the, the nice thing about the human body. You forget the pain, you understand the feeling, the good feeling. So it's it's, it's working towards getting another better good feeling in the next round of Olympics. You know, it would be nice for me to deliver another medal for my country, you know. So the second one and first one again, so it'll be like a beautiful thing. I'm just working towards crafting my own story and working my own journey, you know, so that's it. Yeah. And I would definitely like being able to talk to you for these past like 50 minutes. Like, I feel like you've, you, you're definitely a wise person at, at a young age, at 26 years old. And like, you've also applied that to different fields in your life, including one being like the business field. I mentioned earlier in the show, in, in the show uh, Forbes 30 under 30 for Africa. And like you also started like your own like business as well called uh, Chase Chase Dream Empire and where you do a whole a whole lot of things. Like what was just the inspiration to that being able to cross over and not, to not just do great things in the track world, being able to do things great outside and like being a businessman and, that, and, that, and such like that. I just remember, I just remember I started to be a home of, you know, no second, second home, you know, so we call it a dream of second home. So we wanted to focus on guys who just come out of prison, who trying to find identity again in a community, you know. So we we're taking this kind of guy and under us under the wing and mentorship and get, get through the security work and get through the company in every aspect of it and that knowledge and what they learn when they're in prison. So we call it a, a home, you know, a home of second home. So, that's how Chase Dream started. And we ventured to have a couple of business ventures under it and people coming and widening up to the foundation that I have Nigel Lamas Foundation. It's just all about trying to fight for the welfare of the people, you know, around and improve the community lives and everywhere we go, you know. Is there anywhere that like people listening could anything people listening could do to help uh the chase the chase the dream uh business venture? Any website or anything they can go to? Yeah, the foundation, the foundation. You can go through the foundation, see how you could be part of the foundation, you know, because the foundation is the pillar of Chase Dream Empire, you know. After Chase Dream Empire, we have helped you to get back into the community, you learn. You want to get back to the community, Chase Dream Empire, the foundation is there. It's your final to get back into the community and pass it to the next person, you know. So for me, it's learn about it, because I was raised by a lot of families. You never had enough space in my family home. So I had to grow up and learn to say, okay, we could grow up and put together and learn to make a space for another person. How would it be? So that's all of what you want to achieve. And, and how was it like getting that responsibility uh, from like Botswana once you got that that medal and all the things that you're able to do for for your country and be like uh, be a voice, be a voice in a way. And like, cause I seen after like that London 2012 coming back you got six cows which is, is which is i think that that's pretty big that's pretty big i don't know what the exact equivalent is that to like here in america but getting getting all of that and like people be, being able to look up to you how has it been having that responsibility on your back for these past uh, almost 10 years it was, it was beautiful you know 
a way of saying they appreciate where I come from because they come from the farms for me. I got the kettles, I know how to take care better of them, you know. But for me, it was a kettle is way we appreciating what you're really doing because you get it, you give it to the king, you give it to to you know, not one dignity, one dignitaries to say we appreciate what you're doing. So it's a form of our appreciating what you're doing, a form of like the highest form of weight, you know, of appreciation in our own culture and everything. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you, you made your grandparents so proud. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Exactly. You know, it's where blessings come from, my man. Blessings come from my grandparents, you know. How is it too? Like we saw you you made it under that uh the African Forbes 30 under 30. Like like what was that like when you got the news that you're on that on that list? For me, you know, it's, it's the amount of the impact we've been making in the life of each other around and people around us. You know, when we venture into the security and we venture into the, all the business ventures, so all the how I managed to widen up my brand, the impact I managed to do towards uh, outside the athletics, what athletics managed to do around me in Africa and around. So that's for me, that's how weird. And we appreciated the work to be able to get under for example, under 18 and put on the work to say, you know, we want to achieve the impact and keep it widened up into Africa and pray out from there and change lives, you know. Yeah, no, and, and that's awesome to see you, you, you've been such a leader in your country and to, to others at, at, such a, at such a young age. You've, you've done so many things to, to be a leader in your field. But another thing I wanted to ask you about was like, we saw something too about your passion for music. Like you were DJing for a little bit as well. Uh, DJ, DJ Zaro, we saw, we saw that. I'm still DJ. We put good money. Hey. <laughs> Has music just always been a passion of yours growing up? No, music started when 2013 when I got injured, and now I started to worry about running again. So and then I had to find something to avoid being mentally injured. Now not only physically, so music got into be there something to take time out of my mind of wondering when am I going to get healed again? When am I going to run again? And then I developed passion, I learned about it, I started to be good on it, I learned the joy, the passion that comes with it, and then I just get it started to be a DJ in that line, you know, and that's, I still keep on playing whenever I go to a private party, when I'm back home and all those, you know, it's interesting all around the world, you know. When, when you guys, like, work out at, like, OTC, maybe, like, in the weight room where you guys just hanging out, do they be giving you the ox? Like, I, I, I don't know, I think... <laughs> We play our own music. Everyone play their own songs. You know, we all have oh, okay. our own. You know, so you know, we work as everyone have their own. It's a, it's a dinner table. Everyone have their own favorite food in the table. You know. Well, we gotta we gotta tell we gotta tell them at uh, we gotta tell Otto Joshua at Tokyo like when Nigel if Nigel take home gold in the eight hundred we need we need one of his songs playing on the stadium. You know, that that would that would be hard. Like as soon as he finished passes the cross line, you know. He just have a, has one of his songs come on, or, or during nice. the intro. That'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be in the intro. That'd be nice for the. <laughs> that'd be sick. That'd be sick. Yeah. But as we as we begin to close out, bro, we, we always like to ask this question because sometimes it'd be hard to find a guest. We don't know who to really get. But who do you think would be a great guest to have to come on to the Two Black Runners podcast and chop it up with us? Slash on merit. Lashawn Merritt? Yeah, for us, you know, he'd be the pillar of, of American 4x4 team, you know. He'd been able to stabilize the team and put the team in a position where they'll deliver the results year in, in and out, you know. And he'd be able to be consistent in his game. So, yeah, there's a lot to learn. 
Most definitely. definitely. And he's, Legend. he's still going. He's still trying. He's still trying to get this year too. So that yeah, man, definitely. But I'm telling you, it's the pillar of it. It's keeping the game going. That line of consistency in the game. You know. Most definitely. Most definitely. Gotta pay respects to to LaShawn Mary for sure. Like I would love to have him on a podcast. He's done so much. He just carried on that torch, you know, of great 400 meter runners in the in the U.S. for so long. So it would be definitely dope, dope to have him. I'm gonna have to reach out to him, Joshua. That's a good one. And then here, I think last last question here. We always like the last ask this to end out here. It's kind of a deep question, but I think it's a good question that really describes you and what you want to do. So like, what's the impact that you want to leave on the running world once you're able, like hang up your spikes and say you're all done with the sport? Like what impact do you want to leave on the sport? In the sports, you know, one thing in the sport that is really fun is that all our records get erased, you know, and you're only good as your last race. I want to be good on my last race. That's it. I just want to be good on my last race because you're only good as your last race. Yeah. So now you see, like, here with the stats, you tell me, okay, the guy who ran 143 last week, he ran because he was good in his last race. You know, what depends in the next race, who's good in the next race, you know? So it's always about how good are you in your last race. That's what makes you where you are. That's what puts you where you are. Yeah. Hey, so I expect to, he, he's still going to go out on top. He's going to go out on top for sure. I can see and that. Be good out. We are good. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, what's to come from this year, especially definitely older, wiser, stronger. It's going to be exciting. And like like you like we were saying in the beginning, like the 800, no matter what, it's, it's always fast. It's always going hard. So I'm excited to see just what you get into that line healthy, getting there uh, ready to go. And it's going to be it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Really, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Really do appreciate it, bruh. Aaron, you got anything else to say before we close out? Uh, yeah, just everybody listening. Really appreciate everyone tuning in. If you listen this far into the podcast, you truly are a day one homie. Thanks again, Nigel. I, I don't think we said this earlier, but I think Nigel is our first international Olympic athlete that we've had on Second. the podcast. Second. You, forgot, you, were getting, you were getting more mad, bro. That's, that's crazy. My bad. That's my bad. My bad, Mo. My bad, Mo. But either way, I mean, does he have a medal though? I I ain't trying. To, I ain't trying to get on what I'm saying. But anyways, anyways, anyways oh, though. Anyway, not like bro, that. Bro. Not like that. Not like that. We are gonna close it out though. You gotta see him next week, bro. You gotta see Mo on the trail next week. Make sure they punch them Mo. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, 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 hey, we ain't got to talk about more no more. I'm messing this up. But anyways, thanks again. Thanks again, Nigel, for coming on. We truly, we truly do appreciate you, bro. And we're excited to see you, see, see you at Tokyo this year, man. I mean, hopefully we run into you at a meet or something, too. All right, my brother. Best. Thanks for having me, too, and I appreciate it.